Good morning, it's Aya Wimala, and today is Friday, June 11th. Wow, we are full speed ahead in June. Um, here in northern Illinois, it's a beautiful, we have a beautiful but kind of cloudy sky, and it, I think it might be a little bit cooler today than we've had earlier this week, but we're definitely experiencing summer. So I hope you are enjoying whatever weather comes your way. And uh, if you have sunshine, even better. So, and being careful at the same time. Today, Illinois goes back to uh, kind of uh, back to pre-COVID, uh, no restrictions. And I think the only thing that might be different is the seating capacity in restaurants might be smaller, but we're on our own. Um, masks are, re are uh, recommended in places, but uh, it's pretty much choice other than in healthcare situations. So we'll see, we'll see how we handle that. So let me share with you at least this one more essay in Gil Fronsdale's book, The Issue at Hand. And um, this is called Mindfulness of Intentions. And intentions are really, you know, our intentional acts are really uh, comma. So the, the things that we do that travel with us into the future or the acts that we do from our uh, intentional behaviors. So this uh, mindfulness of intentions seems to be a pretty important thing that we want to be clear about. And I wanted to read his, his essay on this. And it's not too long, maybe one more page than the other. Okay, so hopefully this is of interest to you. And this is the... Uh, this is from the Anguttara, and that's one of the books of the Tipitaka, the, the teachings of the Buddha. It's one of the suttas. And this is, a wonder, this is a wonderful one to memorize. Beings are owners of their kama, or karma, heirs of their karma, born of their karma, related to their karma, supported by their karma, Whatever karma they do, for good or for ill, of that they are the heirs. So, that can help us when we're thinking about um, wanting someone to pay for what they did or something that, you know, makes we become angry because we think someone should be uh, caught or punished or... Um, you know, we're out to, to find the bad guy and things. It's good to remember, it's good to remember this verse. And remember the word karma is actually Sanskrit and the and kama in, is in Pali, how we will pronounce it or how we say it in Pali. Um, and it means action. So we are the owners of our actions. Mindfulness of Intentions. 
Buddhism offers us a challenge. Is it possible to live a life with no suffering? One of the most direct ways to bring ease and happiness into our mindfulness practice and into our lives is by investigating our intentions. While our activities have come Oh, while our activities have consequences in both the external world and the internal world, the happiness and freedom to which the Buddha pointed belong to the inner world of our intentions and dispositions. This is one of the prime reasons why the Buddha placed such emphasis on attending to our intentions. Buddha's practice, encour practice encourages a deep appreciation of the present moment, which strengthens our ability to respond creatively in the present rather than acting according to our habits and dispositions. Mindfulness places us where choice is possible. That's a great sentence. Mindfulness places us where choice is possible. The greater our awareness of our intentions, the greater our freedom to choose. People who do not see their choices do not believe they have choices. They tend to respond automatically, blindly influenced by their circumstances and conditioning. Mindfulness, by helping us notice our impulses before we act, gives us the opportunity to decide whether to act and how to act. According to traditional Buddhist teaching, every mind moment involves an intention. This suggests the phenomenal subtlety with which choices operate in our lives. Few of us keep our bodies still, except perhaps in meditation or in sleep. Each of the constant movements in our arms hands and legs is preceded by a volitional impulse, usually unnoticed. Intentions are present even in seemingly minute and usually unnoticed decisions as where to direct our attention or which thoughts to pursue. Just as drops of water will eventually feel, fill a bathtub, so the accumulation of these small choices shapes who we are. Our intentions, noticed or unnoticed, gross or subtle, contribute either to our suffering or to our happiness. Intentions are sometimes called seeds. The garden you grow depends on the seeds you plant and water. Long after a deed is done, the trace or momentum of the intention behind it remains as a seed conditioning our future happiness or unhappiness. If we water intentions of greed or hate, their inherent suffering will sprout, both while we act on them and in the future in the form of reinforced habits, tensions, and painful memories. If we nourish intentions of love or generosity, the inherent happiness and openness of those states will become a more frequent part of our lives. Some volitional acts actually hamper the awakening of awareness. One example is this in, 
One example of this is intentional lying, the fear of discovered, discovery, the continued need for deceit that often follows, and the avoidance of the truth tend to reinforce the mind's tendency to preoccupation, which is the opposite of wakefulness. An important function of mindfulness practice is to help us understand the immediate and longer-term consequences of our intended actions. This understanding helps ensure that our choices are wiser than those based only on our likes and preferences. Having a realistic and informed sense of consequences keeps our good intentions from being naive intentions. It can also guide us in knowing which, choice, which choices support our spiritual practices and which detract from them. We can bring awareness of intention into mindfulness practice in a number of ways. Perhaps the most significant is to reflect carefully on your deepest intention. What is your heart's deepest wish? What is of greatest value or priority for you? Mindfulness practice connected to your deepest intention will bear a different result than practice connected to, most, to more superficial concerns. The business person who undertakes mindfulness practice as a means of stress reduction in order to gain an edge over the competition will sow the seeds for very different results than the one who undertakes mindfulness to strengthen his or her compassionate service to others. When the effort to be mindful is fueled by greed, that very effort also fortifies the tension and insensitivity of greed. When the effort is fueled by loving-kindness, it energizes the inner openness and sensitivity of loving-kindness. I believe that a daily sitting practice is extremely beneficial, but I believe there is even more benefit in spending a few minutes each day reflecting on our deeper intentions. In a busy life, we can easily forget our fundamental values and motivations. To remind ourselves of them allows our choices to be informed by them. Furthermore, when we drop below the surface cravings and diversions of the mind to discover our deeper stirrings, we tap a tremendous power of inspiration and motivation. For example, at one point I took on the practice of consciously reflecting on my intention for each task of the day, allowing my deeper sense of intention to inform each one. Even the seemingly mundane activity of going to the grocery store became an opportunity to strengthen my intention to connect with people with care and compassion. This simple practice brought me a great deal of joy. Another way of including intention in our practice is to pause briefly before initiating any new activity which allows us to discern our motivation. 
being aware of an intention after an action is started let me read that again being aware of an intention after an action is started is useful but it can be like trying to stop a ball after you have thrown it the momentum has been set in motion we can investigate the intentions behind major activities and decisions such as work, relationships, or what we do during our free time. What is the motivation and how does it relate to our deepest intentions? Similarly, we can investigate the intentions that shape our decisions around such minor matters as what and when to eat, how we drive, what we read or watch on television. Is the choice based on fear, aversion, loneliness, or addiction, or on generosity or caring for ourselves wisely? Different motivations are not necessarily good or bad. They may, however, create very different consequences even when the external actions that they generate look the same. Trying to bring attention to all our motivations may be overwhelming. It can be useful to choose one activity at a time to look at more carefully. For example, spend a week becoming a connoisseur of your many intentions around eating, shopping, or cleaning house. Perhaps one of the more significant applications of mindfulness of intentions concerns speech. We often speak without reflection. Attention to the multiple reasons underlying what we say is one of the most powerful windows into our hearts. Speech is seldom a simple offering of, of information or expression of caring. It is closely tied to how we see ourselves, how we want others to see us, and our hopes and fears. Distinguishing wholesome intentions from unwholesome intentions can serve as a useful criterion for when to speak and when to take refuge in wise silence. Speech can powerfully support or undermine a spiritual practice. Attention and in intention are two cornerstones of Buddhist practice. Bringing attention to intention does not, as some fear, lead to a life of endless effort at monitoring ourselves. Self-consciousness and self-preoccupation may be exhausting, but not awareness. As we become clearer and wiser about our intentions, we find greater ease. We begin to act with less and less self-centered concern. To follow the Buddhist path of mindfulness to its end to the cessation of suffering, to the deathless, takes great dedication. The wiser we are about our intentions in practice, the greater the usefulness of that effort. May you wisely notice your intentions, and may doing so help to alleviate suffering everywhere. I think that's a wonderful, uh, an essay on intentions and why they're so important. And it's good, I think his point about if we meditate a few day, a few minutes a day, it might be even more important 
if that's all we think we have, to spend a few minutes really thinking about our intentions for the day. Uh, maybe during COVID, a lot of us have practiced that uh, even without knowing it. Maybe, uh, I know I would set very clear intentions if I was going to leave, to leave my uh, apartment to go anywhere. I was very clear about where I was going and what I was doing. Uh, it, and it, typically, it was only to go to a specific grocery store with a specific list in mind of things I needed. So um, that was that has carried through. It's, it was very helpful for me because I realized that I was probably uh, wasting more time before the pandemic making unnecessary trips or unnecessary uh, places I thought I needed to go. And I think, I think that was a really uh, one of the positive outcomes for me is realizing there's not really, there's not really a, a, a need to be busy that way. And there's very little that really needs, needs to be on my schedule in terms of busy uh, running errands. It's, there are very few, so it's not a good excuse just to get out. Uh, better to just go out and take a walk than to uh, think, of, think of other ways to distract. A walk can be a really good way to practice. So I think uh, setting our intentions for the day and then honoring them is really good too. Even for something like cleaning, cleaning where you live or doing something, if you, if you have a garden, doing something in the garden. If we do it, if we do those things uh, with more intent, oh, and that I think I keep having that disconnect signal, uh, it takes on a different quality and it is also maybe something we appreciate a little bit more because we're, when we set that, that intention, that helps us be more mindful as we're doing that, uh, that, that chore, something that's usually a chore. So it's a beautiful essay. And it's part of the Noble Eightfold Path, our intentions. Uh, so it's, it's part of our practice. It's part of what we need, what, what, what we're working to add into our lives as part of the Eightfold Path. And so when our, our overall intentions will also include that quality of non-harming and uh, practicing kindness and also letting go of the unnecessary, letting go of the things that we don't need. And uh, that brings us a, a lot of freedom. So with the time we have left, it's not that much, but we can we can sit and begin to practice. And if I have to leave, you can just keep practicing. So find a position that makes your body feel awake and attentive. And, the, and you can close your eyes if it's possible. 
Breathing in and out through your nostrils. Just be aware of the body doing the breathing. We're not forcing our breath. we sit, a very important part of our attentiveness can be and should be on being aware of that rising and falling of all things. That includes our breath. We inhale, there's that arising, and then we exhale. And then that cycle begins again. Breathing in, breathing out, arising and letting go. And that's a rhythm we see throughout life, throughout the world, throughout nature. There is an arising and a falling away. sun rises, the sun sets. It's very important we see that in our own bodies. We are born and we spend time on this earth and then we begin to come go back to the earth the body does our gardens grow for a season and everything has that cycle of returning to the earth have that breath that we can come back to whenever we feel lost, whenever we begin to feel uh, angry or lonely or any kind of distracting emotion, we can just come back to the breath. the body breathing
Be aware of the breath in the breath. As you breathe, just be aware of breathing, of your breath. We stay in our bodies, being, being part of the experience. So we can just let go of our thoughts, just let them come and go, and just be. Just be with the body, in the body. Just be the body. Keep your eyes closed. You can keep practicing. When you finish your practice, spend a few minutes just being aware of your intentions. And if you're aware that you have no intentions for the day, your intentions don't have to be uh, physical actions. Your intentions can be how you approach the day what you allow into your day. Your intention can be kindness. An intention not to harm by action or speech or by thought. And as we share merit together, that's exactly what we're doing. May everything that I have done or am doing be of service not only to myself, but to all other beings. Thank you for sharing my practice. I'll be here on Sunday. Have a great day. A great day today and a great day tomorrow.